you're never going to be vacant, uh, right? You've got students who sometimes sign 12-month leases, which covers their summer. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hi, Alfonso. Good morning. Good morning, Laurel. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. What about you? Fantastic. Fantastic. It's uh yeah, had a really, uh, really good weekend and uh, really, really excited about uh, this interview with Jared Henderson. But before we get to that, uh, how have you been? What have you been up to? What's new with Laurel? Oh, well, gee, let me see. I've been doing a lot of stuff on the right club, <laughs> but it's fun and I really enjoy doing that. And, you know, we meet so many interesting people and they've got such great stories and they're doing such great things in real estate and all the rest of it. But aside from that, I'm really getting back into my, my wine business and, you know, helping people understand and learn more about wine, which, you know, that's my passion. I absolutely love that. And uh, I'm now looking at traveling to Mexico and, and uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on. What that about you? Doesn't, that doesn't sound horrible, Laura. Wine and Mexico. And yeah, that doesn't sound yeah. too bad. So that's awesome. And yeah, for those of you in the Right Club Nation that don't know, Laurel is actually a winemaker. And, you know, I've learned, you know, I've been on a few uh, tours or, you know, have the, the pleasure of drinking wine with Laurel. And I, being an Italian, I just always was like, yeah, what kind of wine do you like? Red. But now I really got to know the, the, you know, the little bit of the details and, and, you know, the differences of the wine. So, yeah, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't checked out or had at least conversation with Laurel about wine, it is really intoxicating, the knowledge <laughs> that, uh, that Laurel has about the wine. But, uh, yeah, for myself, we've been keeping busy. Uh, Jag Properties here in November have had, like, a really good month. And uh, we've brought on, I think it's going to be nine new projects in the month of November so we've uh, brought on some more staff, building out a sales team. So really, really looking forward to, uh, to expanding the drag, rent-to-own business, and like you said, the right club. I don't know if we would have sat back three years ago and would have thought, what did we just come up with? <laughs> Good thing Not we into the future. <laughs> but uh, it's been so fun. And, and you know, the, the parts, and like you said, the, the people that we get to meet, yes, we are all talking about real estate and, you know, and investing in different strategies. But all the people in the stories, and today's a perfect example. Um, you know, Jared Henderson, I met him quickly in the right club. You know, he comes from Montreal and, yeah. you know, he really makes the effort to put himself out there and network. And, you know, that's the big differentiator is that when you're out there, you're going to these events, you're going to these meetings. And we touch upon it in the podcast, so I'm not going to say it too often, but, you know, you're actually taking the action steps to move you forward and propel. And, and he's definitely a guy that has done something like that. Yeah, Jared's got some really uh, interesting insights and he's, he's doing stuff that, and, and he's really, there's no excuses with Jared, right? It's like, I'm doing it. And I think we all need to hear that lesson once in a while. Even me, like what we do, we all, cause we all go into that little, you know, that little pit of self-pity and no oh, poor me. And I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm doing and it's, I got to learn more and I got to do this. And like, oh, come on, that's just bullshit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Straight up. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and that's the cool part where he's, you know, from Montreal, he invests in Ontario, travels quite a bit back and forth often, but he's got a system, he's got a process in place. And that's the cool part when we get into the right club rooms is that we're not alone. We're not out there. We all have similar type struggles, right? We have those different things that are going to create obstacles 
in, in our business, in our life. But how do we get through them? How do we push through them? How do we get that encouragement or motivation? But then how do we go and actually put it into action and put it into, into, into place? So, yeah, that's definitely huge. I want to make sure that the Right Club Nation, they get on to the website, Right Club, therightclub.com. And I think we even got the domain rightclub.com, but definitely therightclub.com because it's right behind me. So I know that's the right one. But definitely get on there. Check out the events calendar. We have like so many amazing events coming up throughout there, depending on when this is uh, launched and when this is out. But the events are amazing. We put so much time and effort trying to vet the best speakers, presenters, panelists out there that we can find. We want to hear from you as well. If you're in a, you got an amazing story, you know, and you're probably humble and you don't think it's amazing, but let us decide that. Let us hear your story. And we want to share that with the Right Club Nation and spread that around and give that encouragement and motivation so people will go and take that next step and into action. So definitely get onto the website. We are either launched or being launching um, the Right Club community. So if you haven't yeah, checked our that online out. community and uh, we, we highly encourage you to get on there and because this will allow you to, to uh, connect with people all across the, the country and beyond. So uh, we're really excited about this. You're going to see lots of great content and great, great, just a, a, a capabilities to connect with people. And that's what we're all about. We're all about building a huge community where we can all feel, feel motivated and we got information and we've got great people we can work with and contact and we have the help we need. So go onto our website and sign up and, but you know what, Alfonso, I think it's time that we listen to the podcast. What about you? Absolutely. Let's get to the interview. It's a good one. Hope you guys enjoy it. This is Jared Henderson. And welcome to the Right Club podcast, Jared Henderson. How are you doing today, Jared? Great, great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Laurel and I are super excited to have you on the podcast. I have not had the pleasure of actually meeting you yet, Jared. So I'm really interested to learn more about you and hear your story. And yeah, really excited to get going on the podcast today. Fantastic. Yeah. Jared, it's really nice to have you here. I know you're, a, you're an active real estate investor and uh, you've got stories to tell us and tips to give us. So uh, that's what we're here for is to, to share that information and, and get to know you a little bit too. Great. Yeah. So uh, I'm born and raised in Montreal. Basically, I started investing in 2012 in Niagara Falls. It was a condo conversion. I bought two units that were converted to condos. And what I really liked about that opportunity was that I was able to outsource the property management and have someone else collect the rent, which was always my biggest fear at the beginning is just how do you make sure you have renters and get paid rent? And it has definitely been a journey since then. I've invested in, uh, since then I've invested in Hamilton, uh, St. Catharines and Peterborough, but most of my focus is in Peterborough these days with student rentals. Wow, and, and you're doing all that from Montreal, you still currently live in Montreal? That's right. So I'm down here every three or four weeks. I do sheet metal sales. We have a, a family business that has a manufacturing facility in Cambridge. So uh, I'm down to promote sales uh, to manufacturers in and around the GTA. And I also check up on my properties and meet my property manager and, uh, and network, as you know, and attend these fantastic right meetings that really are inspiring and very informative for, for someone that's looking to grow their network and you know, help out newbie investors along the way. So Jared, so give us a little bit of background. Like how many properties or, or doors do you have right now? 
So I've got five homes. I'm closing in on the sixth at the end of December. It's a, the, my, it'll be my third home in Peterborough, another student rental opportunity where I'll actually have the opportunity to uh, sever the lot. And so it's an exciting project. So, and if you, you're in Montreal and you've got yeah. your family business, yeah. so how much time do you, a week, would you say, do you devote to your real estate investments? Uh, 10 to 20 hours. Okay. You know, I do outsource all the property management. I keep in touch with my network that's very supportive. I outsource as much as I can the lower paying tasks so I can concentrate on, you know, enjoying my life and focusing on my main job. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And it sounds like, you know, you, you that was like a, like a solid answer. Like you knew exactly the amount of time that you spent. But I want to rewind it a little bit. And when you got started, I always love hearing these stories. You know, you mentioned the family business. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you got exposed somehow. So what was your first, you know, kind of toe in the water that you, you were, you know, exposed to, to real estate and real estate investing? Well, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in 2005. I, since then, I really wanted to begin the process, but I never really took the plunge until 2012. I, I guess it was the, just the fact that the opportunity came, uh, came my way and I finally ch- chose to take action I had a fairly strong earnings year in 2011, 2012. And for that reason, I was able to put some money aside and I, I wanted to put it to work. And I knew that stocks wasn't really for me. I, I guess I, I lost a bit in the 2007, 2008. And so that hurt, or at least provided an opportunity to look for other forms of investing. And I always wanted to invest in real estate. So the project in Niagara Falls seemed like a great opportunity where, hey, you know, you just have to qualify them for the mortgage and someone else is gonna take care of renting out the units. And so it was a great way to, to get into the market and to understand it. And from there, I, those two condos didn't appreciate much until about 2015, 2016. And then I started looking into markets like Hamilton and seeing what kind of growth it was experiencing. Then I started to connect with Rockstar and get involved with ne- more networking and understanding that, hey, there are other investors who are doing very well and, and growing in other nearby neighborhoods and haven't really looked back ever since. So you mentioned, okay, so you've got Hamilton, then you've got St. Catherine or Niagara Falls and the Niagara area and Peterborough. Why did you pick Peterborough? Because I know it's a university town and it's not that far from Toronto. It's with, not in the GTA technically, I guess, but it's pretty close. A lot of people live there and commute to Toronto. So what made Peterborough uh, attractive to you? Yeah, so I believe it was in early 2017, I went on a property tour in Oshawa where I met Rob Brake, who's my current broker in Peterborough. And I wasn't happy with, for example, the, the cash flows that I was, was seeing in Oshawa. You had to, this was at a time where, you know, for example, there would be a property listed for 400K, you'd have to offer, you know, 480 to get it and then stick in another $75,000 plus to create a basement suite and the cash flow didn't meet my investor criteria but I connect that connection I maintain that connection with Rob and then he gave me a shout one day saying hey Peterborough's the next spot and took a look at a few homes there and understood that there was a very strong demand for student rentals and there's a very low vacancy so I, I like that because as an investor from out of town you just want to make sure that your properties are full and uh, and cash flowing because as you know, things happen in real estate, there's maintenance issues, and uh, you basically want to set yourself up for success. And I, 
I went out to Peterborough and started checking out a few homes and I was impressed with uh, the West End neighborhood where, you know, you just drive around and it's a very pleasant neighborhood, tons of detached bungalows, which are, which you're able to add bedrooms in uh, or, or create second suites in. So I reached out to one of Rob's clients who had recently at the time purchased in Peterborough and uh, he was you know, very happy to tell me that he had filled up his unit very quickly with six beds and he's getting, you know, $500 a bedroom. And I like those numbers. So I, I, I took the plunge there. So of the five properties that you have and the sixth one that you're closing at the end of this year, are they all student rentals? No, I've got uh, three would be duplexes. And the third Peterborough home will also be a, a student, student rental as a, a five bedroom instead of a, a six bedroom. My other two Peterborough rentals are six beds. In this one, I can only really get five beds. But the, okay. other, the other ones are duplexes in St. Catharines and uh, Aurelia. Okay. So in terms of the, uh, the student rentals, because I know a lot of people are interested in, in doing them. And I think a lot of people are scared too, because it's, it's like there's a kind of that maybe myth out there that, oh, student rentals are really difficult and all the rest of it. And I know lots of people who do them really, really successfully. Yeah. Uh, how do you manage that? Because you are renting out by room, right? Not the whole property or, or maybe you are. So how are you doing that? Like, tell us a little bit about that and how are you managing? Yeah. So number one, I do have a property manager that uh, screens the profiles of these tenants and he's definitely done a very good job because I haven't had any issues, you know, no, no damage. There is turnover, but that's to be expected when you're dealing with college students who have one to two year programs as opposed to the university. So two of my rentals are close to Fleming College, which is on the, the west side. And that's most of my students are uh, attending Fleming. And but there is turnover. However, there's still strong cash flow. So I, I do go, uh, I do leases by the room and currently getting uh, five to six hundred dollars per room. My goal is to buy places that I can at least get five or six beds so I can ensure cash flow. I want to ask a question yeah. a little bit of a different way. So out of the three duplexes and soon to be three student rentals, what are the biggest pros and cons of each? So of the, of the student rentals, like obviously, like, and I want to get delve into further, like you managing this from afar, because I think yeah. even people that live in the cities that they, they have their properties, you know, you should be having a manager. You should be able to systematize, replace yourself. This is what we always, you know, are, are discussing and talking. So what are the, the pros and cons of A, the duplexes, and then B, the, the student rentals? Yeah, so the, the pros in the duplexes would be steady tenants. Once you do have tenants that, uh, that qualify, that have steady jobs, most of them are looking to stay for a few years where you don't have that turnover. And when you outsource property management, there's a turnover cost, right? For example, it's usually in, in our world, uh, one month's rent, and that's significant. So with less turnover, you have somewhat steadier cash flow in the duplexes. And let's just say less, less personal issues. When you're managing uh, five or six different students in a house, uh, I'm sure my my property manager could articulate this better than I can, but you can have just conflict with personalities and people might leave your home just because they don't get along with another student. It's tough to get six people on a lease at one point in time that are all friends that want to live with each other for a year or two. And most successful investors who do that have, for example, a four bedroom student rental. So it's just more manageable. It's just easier. 
in terms of managing the student rentals, I do pay a higher amount for that property manager. And that's to be expected, right? There's more work and I want my property managers to make money and I want them to manage my student rentals effectively so that the bedrooms are full and uh, the students are happy with the, the service they're receiving. But they're paying for a good product. And, you know, I communicate regularly with with him to ensure that the product we're offering, you know, the home is in, in good condition and, you know, communicate any perks that the students appreciate that allow me to bump up rents. In terms of perks, that's really interesting because actually we were looking at a student rental last summer and it, it fell through for, I won't go into the details, but one thing that we were considering is like anything else, right? The better the property, the more you take care of it, the better tenants you're going to attract, right? Yeah. Um, And we were even considering things like adding like perks such as having a cleaning company come in, but that was twofold. That was one to attract better tenants, but it was also more eyes on the property, right? Yes. (laughs) So do you, is that the kind of thing you, you add? Absolutely. I was going to mention that that would be one of the perks. For example, I have someone cleaning the place, just the common areas, not the bedrooms, but you know, common areas, kitchens, bathroom every two weeks. And it's a perk, right? When you show a, a new student who's often with their, uh, they could be with their, their parents, the room that they're going to stay in and the perks of, a, you know, a, the cleaning service. It's just sort of one less thing that um, differentiates the product that you're offering from your competition. And so you'll likely fill up your rooms faster and keep your tenants longer. People are lazy these days, right? They, they don't want to <laughs> clean. No, but it's, it's true, right? They're yep. Uh, they don't want to clean. Uh, internet is, is free, so I include that as a service. And I'm you know, considering adding some other benefits, but it, it comes as a cost, right? It's, a, it, it's an investment. And if you give a lot, you can ask uh, a higher rent and then everything works out favorably for, for both parties. Because with, for students too, particularly younger ones, you're not, just, you're not just marketing to the student, you're marketing to mom and dad, right? Absolutely. They're the ones paying. They're the ones paying. And it's important to create that good first impression. You know how it is if you're, you know, you've got a son or daughter that's off to university the first or post-secondary education for the first time. They they want to walk into a place that they're they're happy, that, that they can rest assured that their their son or daughter is enjoying and, and it's in a good, clean state and uh, well taken care of. So you know, now doing this for a while, and you know, back in you said 2012, I believe was the first, you know, kind of um, when you started with the condo conversion, and and now getting a little bit more. I would say I've never done a student rental and it's just for all the exact same reasons everybody talks about and the worries and obviously there's a system and a way to take care of it, but I haven't wrapped my head around that. So somebody that hasn't invested in, you know, in the student rental, what's kind of the advantage or what's, what's the pitch to be like, you know what, it's not as bad as you think, or, or maybe something, maybe you have a crazy story that, Oh my God, I, I never, I never thought I'd be getting into this and this is why. Yeah, I can go on for a while here, but absolutely. I did mention that I invested in Hamilton, so I can segue that into Peterborough, where I bought two single family homes in, in Hamilton. And Ham- Hamilton's a fantastic market, but I invested uh, downtown, where the tenant profile is a little bit sketchy, not a reliable source of fantastic tenants. So at the same time, from an outside investor, you're like, you know, you buy the place and you want it filled with the best tenants possible. But even with this advanced screening process, as you know, things aren't always perfect. And so actually within each property, I was vacant after one year or eight months. One of those two places, I believe I had to go through an eviction. So that cost me about four months of rent. And when I connected with this investor in Peterborough prior to buying my two homes, 
He said, look, you know, I'm full all the time at six beds. And what's the worst? What's the worst case scenario? Someone leaves and then I've got five beds instead of six. So you're really collecting a consistent amount of, of rent. You're never going to be vacant, uh, right? You've got students who sometimes sign 12 month leases, which covers their summer. And if not, uh, I've been able to get students at any point in the year close to this college because there's programs running all year long. So that's the biggest difference is that stability in cash flow. Because as you know, when you're renting a single family home, if that family moves out, you're not collecting any rent at all. And so because of my experience in Hamilton, I was highly encouraged to find a solution where I'll always get paid every month. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely, and they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life, but when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. Uh, and, and I just want to highlight the point because, you know, you mentioned the screening process. And, you know, I know obviously with, with Laurel and, and Daniel and their business and all the tenants that, you know, they have and they screen. And, you know, obviously with our rental program as well, too. And even with Sarah, she has a whole checklist of screening. So are you saying sometimes tenants might lie about something? <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they do. Well, you know, there's several uh, ways around the system, I believe, I you know, know. With, with respect to references. No, I know you, you're, 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 you're poking fun. You're, I know you're suggesting that, uh, of course, that there are ways. We refer to them as professional tenants, right? And with respect to uh, references, uh, job history, anything else, I mean, anyone can, can make up anything. And like, I, I, I don't know if you've gone through anything similar to what I had, what I went through in Hamilton, but absolutely, it's, it's, it's never a perfect system. And although my property manager definitely did their, their best to put in the best possible tenant in, could you imagine the amount of rejections that occurred prior to finding that those tenants that I needed to evict like seven months later? Could you imagine? So, Yeah. And you know what? I want to just touch on that point really quickly, because I think you have a unique standpoint where you are working primarily with property managers because just by geographic location, you're yeah. not able to be at your properties. And honestly, that some people view that as maybe as a negative. I see that as a huge, huge positive. But the question that I want to ask is now when you're finding, when you eventually landed on your property manager, yes, it is keeping them accountable. And for sure, tenants are going to lie on their apps and tell you things that aren't true because they want to live at your property. They're nice properties. But when you were going out and searching for property managers and saying, hey, I'm going to be in another province. I'm going to be far away. You know, how do you keep them accountable? Because we all, if we're managing our own properties, we're going to 
pick the best of the best because there are properties, right? It's our skin in the game. These property managers have hundreds, if not thousands of units that they manage, that it's more of a process. So how do you screen that property manager? What are some tips for the Right Club Nation that when they're looking for property managers? Yeah, well, number one, I would say reach out to your network. You know, it all starts with working with the right realtor. And then that realtor is going to provide strong references with respect to the property managers that managers that have served well, served them well and their network. Okay, so that's where I begin. And my property manager in Peterborough doesn't like you say, manage hundreds of different places. It's a stronger relationship. He's being paid more for the student rental than a normal property because there is more work, as you said. So there's that. And, you know, 100%, I'm in full agreement that even if I lived next to my property, I'm not going to self-manage it because it's a lower ROI on my time. You want to outsource these lower paying jobs, uh, lower paying tasks. There's no judgment there. It's just, it is what it is and focus on your higher hourly tasks to, to make financial sense, as well as to scale, right? I'm building in Peterborough fairly quickly, and my goal is to have 10 properties in the next four years. So even if I was living there, I couldn't manage all that myself. I wouldn't want to. So I sort of be- began with the end in mind, as they say, and start out with hiring a property manager and communicating with them effectively in terms of your expectations. And it's not always perfect, but it's a relationship that you that you build over time. And the more the way I see it, the more properties I have in Peterborough, the better service I get. Right. And that you're sort of consolidating your your power team. And uh, that's an extremely effective way of uh, building a real estate business. So, Jared, you know, you just mentioned that you were talking about you want to have another 10 properties. So I would imagine now that you've kind of hit that magical wall of being to do it all yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so how are you going to manage this? Like, are you looking for JVs? Or do you already have people who are working with you in, in a joint venture? Or what's your plan? Like, tell us a little bit about that. Because we all know, you know, you do hit the wall at a certain point. I don't care who you are, yeah. uh, how much money you have. The banks just start, you know, you walk in the door and they start to laugh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely have hit that wall. Well, I always joke and I, I don't take myself that seriously. I always say I'm always broke because I'm a real estate investor that has every last dime in their properties. Not every last dime, but you get the idea. And yeah, so the goal to grow is to do it with joint venture money where I'm sourcing private deals and managing the properties. So in return for sourcing a great deal, which would be you know acquiring a property that best suits is a student rental in Peterborough for well under market value. In addition to that, plus managing the property and keeping it occupied with responsible tenants and ensuring the property cash flows, I would ask for the money for the 20% to qualify, the 20% down payment and that the partner qualifies for the mortgage. As you know, financing becomes more challenging with each property you own in your own name. So I actually just locked in my first JV deal last week. So this third property in Peterborough is a a joint venture uh, property that um, we're going to close on December 18th. Congratulations, because that's a a big deal. And once you've done one, right, you know, then you sort of get under your belt and you go, okay, well, that wasn't that hard. And off you go and you find other people. So how are you finding people who go into joint ventures with you? What are you doing? 
Yeah, well, you know, I was just at the Grant Cardone event yesterday with you. And uh, yeah, it's just about getting yourself out there, uh, networking, uh, and letting people know what you do. That's such a big part of it. You know, at the beginning, you feel that either people won't care or uh, they, I don't know, they won't trust you because you just want their money and, uh, and, and so on and so forth. But it's just not true. And there's a lot of people who want to get into real estate but they just don't know how, or they don't want to, you know, deal with tenants and maintenance issues and all that kind of stuff. And so this is an ideal opportunity for people to, to get into the real estate game and learn it so that they can go on and do it themselves after. Yeah. For, for anybody that wants to, you know, to scale it and to do multiple, like, like Laurel said, and then like you mentioned, Jared, that you do get capped at a certain point. And I think a lot of times, even in the way that you kind of presented it there, that it's like, we're, as investors, we're asking something of investors, right? We want their money. We want their mortgage ability. But I think the mind shift that I had when we started working with joint venture partners is that we're providing opportunities. We're providing projects. We're providing a return. And, you know, look, you, you, you started getting the seed was planted with Rich Dad in 2005. Then, you know, you started reading other sources and then you actually took the trigger and you did it yourself in 2012. And then, you know, you made some mistakes. You learn from going to the landlord tenant board and losing four months of rent and, and getting over those yeah. facts. So now when somebody's just coming up to you and saying, you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm looking to make an investment. I think you've earned that confidence and earned that experience that you can say, hey, I have something to offer. This is something that I've done. Nothing in this world is going to go perfect. If it doesn't, you know, here are some of the plans. So I think that's, you know, that's huge. Your first joint venture partner, I think that really gets it scaled because, you know, when we're doing it ourselves, of course, we're going to be in it. But now when you bring other people on, it's almost a higher level of accountability. Yeah. So, yeah. So are you going to continue to focus on the Peterborough area? That's your main yes. focus. And, and the way that you structure it is, okay, the, the, the investor is providing the capital and the, the qualifying, and you're basically a full service managing it for them. Correct. Correct. That's, that's the way to do it. I, I know what you mean, Alfonso, when it comes to a lot of in, would-be investors in real estate say, well, I, I, I'm putting on all the money. Why would I split it 50-50? But the truth is they would have done it already with their own money and collected 100% of their profit if they felt comfortable doing it. Yes. So it's not about arguing about what's fair. It's about communicating that what you're providing as a real estate expert is of, of value that they require, that they, that they need to get started in the market. If not, they just won't. And there's a lot of value when you're accessing private deals, whether it's on the MLS or off market, you, you know, you're getting a, a, a good deal as well as managing the business year in and year out. You have to deal, even if you're just dealing with a property manager, you need to communicate to them consistently your expectations. You need to make sure that your rents are up to par, the property's in good shape. There's ongoing work that is of value. This is not just a, like clicking a stock and buying it and just holding. It's um, a property is a living being that, that needs work. You're absolutely right. And um, it, it requires effort. And there, it, it, you keyed right in on it. It's the value, right? It's the value that both partners are providing in that situation. That's, that's what's important. I have one question here and it just popped into my head and I've got to ask you this. Why are you doing this? Like, what's, what motivates you to do this? What is your why? Because, you know, it is work. And people don't just, aren't just successful in real estate because they throw some money at something. Um, why are you doing this, Jared? Why? Yeah, I just 
have an entrepreneurial heart. I do love business. I love investing. I need something else outside of my day job to, you know, just call it a very strong hobby. It's a big hobby of mine. You know, I do lead a fairly active lifestyle. I play hockey all year long. I, uh, I run. I enjoy time with family and friends, of course, like everyone else. But I, I always need something extra to fill my time. And, uh, you know, real estate has provided the opportunity to, to basically grow my fund significantly by buying in Southern Ontario and where there's so much growth and having stable tenants, being able to buy, refinance and invest in, in more properties. It's sort of a buggy catch where once you get it, um, you're kind of hooked and you just want to keep growing. And I think that's only natural. Once you, you start something that is working, you just want to keep it going and, and 10 X, right? Yes. So do you have plans for the next 10, 20 years? Because people say, oh, you must be making a lot of money in real estate. We hear that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And it's what people, a lot of people don't realize is that money, money is, is really, money is just, it's energy. It's like I, the analogy I use is it's fuel in the car. It's gasoline, it's petrol. It's, yeah. you, can, you can buy all the gasoline you want, but if you don't actually get in the car and use <laughs> the petrol, the gasoline, it doesn't matter, right? It's yeah. just a, a commodity. It just sits there. So yeah. what, what are you going to do with your, I'm asking big questions here, but what are you going to do with your life? What do you, I love, it. I love it. I love it. Well, it's, it's the opportunity to, uh, to basically have the financial freedom to do what I want with my time. If I don't want to work a nine to five job at a certain point, I won't need to like many investors is to grow the equity within the portfolio to a point where you can either sell your properties and lend that money in the private world and uh, make, an, make an income that way or other uh, investment alternatives. But yes, I, I do know what you mean. It's, it's funny that you, you mentioned that now because I'm recent, uh, I've been recently speaking with some investors who say, look, you, know, you might say you want 10 properties, 20 properties, but once you once you scale up, especially with single family homes, you're basically scaling up your headaches. And even if you're dealing with property managers, it doesn't mean that there's no work. There's, there's always maintenance issues. And so, yeah, you want to find that fine balance with um, enjoying some of the work that, that you're building, right? It's not just about building as fast as possible and sort of building this never ending empire in, in your head where you're going to do it for 30 years. So my goal in particular is to get to 10, 20 properties in the next, well, 20 properties in the next four years. It's a concrete goal of mine. And at that point, if I want to sell a few and basically keep a few on the books and sell a few and lend out that money and generate, you know, additional monthly revenue, that's, that's good enough for me. Uh, I can start enjoying the fruits of my labor at that point. But right now it's about acquiring and growing that equity in my properties and adding properties for the next few years. And then four or five years from now, I'll start either selling a few or refinancing and investing those funds through private in, into private mortgages. Good for you. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what we got to do, right? We got to think about not just what we're doing now, but why we're doing it and what it's going to give us in the future. Yeah. So now Jared, it's time for the infamous, should I say infamous? Our famous lightning round. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. 
Hey, Right Club Nation, I just wanted to take a quick moment here. It is Sarah Larby, and I'm here with Laurel Simmons, and we have some really exciting news for you. And we heard you, we heard your emails, and we are going to be bringing you Right Club Nation online, coast to coast, accessible at any time of day. And you can be in your pajamas like I am right now, and you can access our great content. And what is going to be that content, Laurel? Well, we have videos, recordings of live events that we've held. We have webinars. We have, we'll have our podcast information up there. We'll have uh, forums and chat groups and all kinds of things. You'll even be able to find services and products that you need in your neighborhood, local for you, because we know how important it is that you have your local team with you. We're going to be rolling things out very quickly. And as we start, you'll see more and more stuff come along. And we really want you to join and become part of our online community. Absolutely. This is the first, and in my opinion, it was going to be the best Canadian online community of real estate investors and like-minded individuals. So guys, come and grow with us. Join our online community. Register and come and say hi and check out the amazing things. Yeah, and all you have to do is go to therightclub.com and you'll find us there. It's easy to register, it's free, and hop on. We can't wait to see you there. Guys, come and grow with us. And now back to the show. And <laughs> we try not to scare our podcast guests, but you know, yeah. it's not that hard. <laughs> so, question number one What is the best advice you've ever received? from another investor or at a networking event? Maybe it might've been from Tom Sullivan yesterday. I was just chatting with him in the, in the hallway at the event. And he said, look, after, after three properties, start, start enjoying the, the fruits of the labor of, from, you know, three properties on. So, you know, keep a bit for yourself. Everyone has this dream of getting a hundred properties, but most investors down the line tell you that, uh, to, to start enjoying the process and, and enjoying the fruits of the labor during the process instead of waiting for this one day where it all comes together. You know what? I, that is hands down. I'm not to offend anybody else, but that's one of the best answers that I've heard to that question is because you have to enjoy the journey. If you're not enjoying the journey and you're just trying to get there, I think even as you mentioned it before we started the lightning round is why you're doing it is you're challenging yourself. You've got that that mindset of, hey, I think I can do this a little bit better than the last one and keep going. So, but that's very important to, to enjoy the journey. If you're enjoying, you know, growing, expanding and learning, I think that's what makes it fun. So I really love that. Enjoy, enjoy the journey. All right. So question number two, what is your favorite real estate investing resource? Ooh, I, I do like books. Uh, I am being coached right now. And so I, I'm reading a ton books and magazines. Yeah. Is there any specific book that you, you like? The latest, greatest one I've read is Money People Deal by Steph Arneo. It really ties together how to create a real estate business. Steph did it without using his own money and has achieved great things. And so I know most people say rich dad, poor dad. And of course, that's, you know, that's one that everyone's read, but it's, it's sort of the foundation. But I, I love the advanced ones where you get into specific strategies and mindset. That's where I am now. And it's just important to fuel my growth that way. Okay, good. So what's the one attribute that you think has made you most successful? I pulled the trigger. Oh, good. Properties. Take an action. Properties. 
taking action 100%. I'm sure you've heard it before, but I often find that that's the difference between people who, who get somewhere and other people who, who just talk about it. I mean, I was at the, uh, the Cardone event yesterday and talking with other investors and like, there seems to be some professional attendees who are just like, their lifestyle is going to these events and paying. I think we, we talked about this before, high, sometimes high, pay $500, $2,000 for some of these events and never buy a property. I, I don't get that. Why not just save that money and go on vacation? Great point. I love that. I, at some point, you got to take the action, even if you become you know, the smartest surgeon in the world. You have to take certain classes and be in school, but got to eventually walk into the surgeon's room and do the surgery. Yeah, right? they're like waiting for something perfect. They're waiting for something perfect and uh, yeah. it'll never come. No, there's, there, yeah, there's no such thing as the perfect real estate investment. It's the one that's perfect for you for that moment. And you make the decision with the information that you have at that time. You go out and get more. But yeah, you're right. I, I love that. Taking the action is going to be the differentiator. And yeah, that, that's awesome. So, and you know what, to add to that point, like one thing I always tell people is, you know, you go to a lot of these meetings and it, it's no disrespect to anyone. There's some very bright people out there, but I'll tell you, there's some people that aren't very bright that have done incredibly well because they pulled the, the trigger, right? These aren't people that know something that you don't. They're not people that are incredibly intelligent. They're just people who take action and they don't stop. Sorry, I love that. And you're talking right to one of those types of people right now. So that's, uh, that, that's it. You got, you got to take the action, work with the smart people around you, bring on the, uh, like you said, even when you said for the property manager, right? Focus on the high paying tasks, outsource the lower paying and, and work to your yeah. strengths, right? So, all right. So we're going to wrap up the lightning round. It's the last question, but on a typical Sunday morning, you know, <laughs> what are you doing besides being on the right club podcast? But on a typical Sunday morning, what are you up to? Uh, Sunday morning, I will be at the gym or do a 10K run. Wow. Nice and light. I yeah. like it. I'm getting into <laughs> hiking now. That's fun too. But uh, something active. You know, Sunday's a day where you relax and uh, exercise is a great stress relief. So, yeah, I, one of those three things, Sunday morning. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so very, very much, Jared. So where can people reach you? If, if they want to, you know, contact you, maybe work with you, where can they reach you? How can they reach you? Yeah, a great way is Instagram. So Jared H55. And perhaps I can add a few notes in the show notes after. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Super. And any last words of advice for the Right Club Nation or anything that you want them to know? You guys host a fantastic meetup. I would encourage everyone who's listening to go to the next one, whenever it is. You guys have such a great energy and uh, you involve the audience. And that's what makes it the best meetup in Southern Ontario. Well, thanks. Thanks, wow. Jared. And uh, you have a great day and keep on investing and keep on enjoying yeah. the fruits of your labor. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks, we'll Jared. Thank you yeah. very much. Thanks, guys. So, thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. What a great, great interview, and what an awesome guy Jared was. What, what did you think of that, uh, Laurel? I was, yeah. You know, whenever I hear anybody's story, it just doesn't matter 
like who they are when they're doing something and he obviously is enjoying it. He's having a lot of fun and he's growing his portfolio. You can just tell like, he's just like, I'm having so much fun. And I, it's not his full-time job, but for most people, real estate investing, it's not their full-time job, but he knows why he's doing it. And he's, he's expanding and he's done his first joint venture. And that's always a big deal, right? We, we both know that that's a big deal. When you do your first joint venture. Absolutely. I was terrified when we were doing our first, I know when I, I, well, I think it's just like a theme. I was terrified when I did my first deal myself. And then I was terrified when, you know, we found our first joint venture partner, our investor. And it's like, Oh my God, we got to invest your money. And that is, it's intimidating sometimes. Cause you're like, wow, like, you know, they're giving me money. They're well, they want to invest with me. They trust me. Oh my God. Right. And you know, I think those insecurities creep up within ourselves. Like, Hey, are we good enough? Are, you know, are we going to, now this person believes in me. Do I believe in me? Right. And, you know, that's a huge step. And for those investors that want to do that, first of all, and then are looking to do that, you know, it's a huge step and it's a big accomplishment. And, you know, you could tell the way that, you know, he, he was very proud of that. And uh, yeah, and he should, as he should be. So what no. were some, some of your key takeaways or, 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 you know, what was a couple of things that maybe this stood out? Cause I, I made a bunch of notes here and, and uh, that stood out as well. Do you know what I thought really struck with me, uh, struck home with me is that he talked about the, like there's value in that, that joint venture, that it's not just about asking people for money. No, you're not. You are providing a service and you're providing them an opportunity to create income and wealth that they wouldn't have because they're not doing it themselves. So rather than that, uh, that money sitting in their RSP or the bank or whatever it is, or even they're not using their their own credit capability right to the full extent that they can, right? Yeah. Like to me, so many people are so scared to ask for joint ventures because they think I'm asking for money, and no, you're not. And Jared nailed it. It's the value. It's you're allowing people to create that wealth. You're, you're helping them to do that. You got it. You got it. And that's it. And to, to echo on your thought, he, that's what he said. It's, it's a living, breathing thing that requires work. So that's what sometimes we get wrapped around. Yes, we do need the money. We do need the mortgage. But who is going to actually take care of it and manage? And then, you know, in Jared's case, manage the managers to make sure that they're doing everything properly, that it is something. So, um, yeah, that's a huge, huge part of it where we, if we're the experts and you're the person that is doing that, you know, that's a huge step and it's not to go unnoticed. And, and uh, I, I like how he did that. The, the other part that really stuck out and I, and I repeated it to him in the podcast was, you know, focus on those high paying tasks and outsource those lower paying. And, you know, I want to even take it a step further is to outsource the things that you don't like doing, you know, to the point, do them as much as you can. You got to get to that point, but there's a certain tipping point where if you're not enjoying something and you're not really heart's really not into it. How good of a job are you really going to do? You know, are you going to walk through the motions? If it's not something that your heart's into or like me, I would never go and clean my own rental properties. I don't clean my own property. Right. So I don't enjoy that. Right. So I don't care if I was paid a million dollars, I wouldn't put maybe a million. Um, but I would not, I wouldn't put my effort into it. And it's not, doesn't match up with my morals that I'm going to just go and do something for the money. I want to make sure that I'm doing it because I enjoy it. I love doing it and I can inspire, help other people. That's where you got to find those key things are. And it's different for everybody. Yeah, exactly. And you know, one other thing, and I got to mention this because to me, this is more important than anything else 
it's, and it's very, very simple. It's take action. Actually do it. Yes. Like, don't go to, you know, you and I both have met so many people, like Jared said, they go, they're, they're professional students, they're, they're professional conference attendees, they're yeah. professional networkers, whatever, however you label them. They, they go here, they go there, they spend thousands. So, and I know people who have spent tens of thousands, well into the six figures, yeah. but they never actually pull the trigger right. and do something. That's right. And, and I don't know with, if where I had read it or I'd heard it somewhere, and it might have been in one of the Red Club rooms, the presenters, but, you know, feel 80% confident that you can do it. The only way you're going to get that 100% confidence is by doing it. And that's what's going to make up that other 20%, right? Like somebody had it framed like that, that, you know, read all the knowledge, if, whether it's rent to own, whether it's, you know, student rentals, whether it's the duplex conversions, you know, all these different strategies, you know, read and learn about it, but you're only going to get to 80%. That's what your mind is going to cap out at. You're going to get that other knowledge by actually doing it. And uh, yeah. yeah. And, and the last thing that I want to say that I want to pull out from that uh, right club nation is enjoy the journey along the way while you're doing it. Right. That's what Jared had said too. And he had got that advice. We pulled that out of the lightning round and enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it along the way, why the heck are you doing it? Right. So um, yeah. Right club nation. We hope you enjoyed today's uh, today's podcast. We want you to, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from the Right Club Nation. We, are, we see you at our events. We see you on the webinars. Thank you for listening to today's podcast, but be heard. Get at us. Email us. It's alfonso at therightclub.com, laurel at the right club. You can also email our other founders, Daniel and Sarah. Get onto the website, review, rate it. It helps us get out there to even more people and other people find us. And yeah. if you can help us do that, that's what, uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah. If you please, like, we don't like to beg, but yeah, we, we, we would love it if you would just, yeah, we are begging. <laughs> we would love it if you would give us a rating for our podcast, because that just helps raise us in the, in the ratings and people find us and then we can spread the word. Right, Alfonso? That's right. That's right. If you enjoyed what you heard and you think we deserve it, please give us a review. And uh, we love doing this. We love bringing brand new people to the table and uh, to the, to the podcast and, uh, and sharing them with our network and, uh, and, and strengthen our community. And uh, yeah, I don't know, Laurel, I think, you know, that's a, uh, that's a wrap for today. It and, is. Uh, yeah. Right club nation. Thank you so much. And uh, till next time, come grow with us. Come grow with us. Bye Alfonso. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.